talking to your mic? Hello. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Hello. Mura, we're back. We're back. My jewel is dangerously low. It's gonna <laughs> run it at any moment. Does that I can mean tell. You charge it. No, like the juice is almost gone in oh. the in the pod. How long does one of those things last? This one's lasted me a while, but I don't jewel like around the clock. Yeah. I'll like lose it periodically and then find it and be like, oh my god, my jewel. <laughs> but. It's definitely not going to last the length of the pod. That's fine. Well, How are so you? Maybe it will. Maybe it's like Hanukkah. <laughs> there was only enough jewel pod juice to last for 15 minutes, you, but it lasted for a whole. Do you have other jewel pods? No, I have to go get some. It's okay. It's not, a, sucks. Disa- well, it's not a disaster. Take your ass on over to yield smoke show. <laughs> on the corner. Did you hear they're going to change the the metronome and union square to count down until I run out of jewel pods? <laughs> Uh, I haven't smoked a cig, by the way, in a few weeks. Really? Mm. No, that's not true. I mean, not outside of a social context. I was oh. ripping cigs on the pier at Leia's birthday, but yeah, I mean, that's like, right. yeah. <laughs> but outside of like some kind of social setting, I haven't. I mean, do you usually smoke non-socially when you're like mincing yeah. around in yeah. like a hunger fugue <laughs> downtown? Yeah, I like walk, like to walk around and smoke cigs. Or- okay step out for a sig i like to walk and smoke, smoke out my window i don't get people who are like let's pause and like stand or like sit down and have a cigarette i'm like what are you talking about like the I whole know. fun is walking around feeling european yeah smoking a cigarette or like being having social anxiety and needing to do something outside like fidgety with your hands yeah, go, yeah. have a cigarette we well, have a private conversation. Thanks. On minimizing your cigarette intake. Whatever. I don't think I've had a cigarette in several months now. That's amazing. Is, yeah. Look at me. I don't really feel markedly better or anything. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel better <laughs> from any of my uh, positive habits, like not drinking, not smoking. Like my skin definitely looks better. I look a little healthier and rosier, and. Most importantly, I don't crave these toxic substances, but do I feel less tired or more energized or better about myself? Take a toll. Yeah. I'm really starting to. Yeah. I've cut back on drinking quite a bit as well because I just will lose whole days to. Yes, like laying around and like crying. Exactly. (laughs) Having a pounding headache. But now that I'm on that girl boss grind, I can't can't afford it (laughs) uh but yeah health is a health is a sham of course yeah i think so too and i look forward to picking up smoking again someday soon i know i think it's also like you know eli's always like well you know if you want to look better and healthier you have to quit smoking blah 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 and i think it does help you look it does minimally i think it's all (coughs) genetics like if you're prone to having Mm. kind of shitty saggy skin to begin with which i am genetically like it runs in the family then you're doomed but i was watching um the color of money yesterday Mm. with a tom cruise and a paul newman paul newman died of lung cancer because he was a raging like multiple pack a day smoker and he was probably in his 60s in that film and his skin was taut as hell no Mm. wrinkles nothing it's just like he was genetically blessed yeah i see people and great skin ripping cigs all the time and they're going to continue to have great true. skin 
you're probably right the drinking though yeah i think you look like probably five to ten percent worse when you drink and smoke obviously 10 i (laughs) but the effect is minimal is what i'm saying i get quite puffy i think yeah maybe but it's not you know it's not noticeable to anybody else i know just just to me but if you're someone like welbeck and you're just genetically (laughs) screwed then like (laughs) well like have you tried quitting smoking (laughs) like now (laughs) i really like the welbeck uh race filter oh yeah that was a really that was a good one that's what i um mostly did yesterday i was put people through put all my friends and Various (laughs) various <laughs> politicians and celebs through the gradient app race filter because face app used to have the have a race filter and then they took it away yeah um so now there's a new one there i'm not even getting paid to, to plug this but the app is called gradient <laughs> and if you want to so see please stop like dming as... me about it <laughs> we're announcing it here um i think i look beautiful as all the races yeah you look like Azalea Banks. When I look great, black. I mean, I think like I, I've never really had the thought to entertain myself as a black person, but it really breaks my heart that I wasn't born black at this moment in time. That's I, how I feel when I listen to Keith Sweat. <laughs> <laughs> like the Brazilian race filter. Mm-hmm. I love how they said Brazilian too, by the way. Originally I heard it was African and they had to Who describe. do you think made the app? Russia or China? <laughs> I mean, one of those. Mm godless asian nations yeah brazil okay (laughs) brazil asia david miranda filter (laughs) um but it's i feel like the right race filter could really repair race relations in this country (laughs) it's so much fun i think we all can put aside our differences to be like that's funny yeah it's you look really funny wow everyone looks hot (laughs) indian the Indian race filter did not look convincing. It was the weakest one, but it was like getting like a Sephora makeover. It was just like you with eyeshadow. It made me tan. It made me think about getting tan and trying some different eyeliner techniques. Yeah. And like you, you know, now, you know, if you reproduce with like a Daisy guy, I've often, I've, I've often said before, I wanted to have a, a mixed race baby <laughs> with a, with a Desi guy specifically (laughs) (laughs) and that when i go out to eat with my friend fish i often feel when we used to go out to eat Mm -hmm. i'd be like i wonder if people think we're like a cool interracial couple (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess you could say i'm pretty progressive My boyfriend, yeah, he's a different race. <laughs> They're like, wow, look at that girl. She's so open-minded. <laughs> <laughs> How does somebody have such great highlights and also be so open-minded at the same time? Take that tank. Who's <laughs> the nozzle now? Ugh. I hate that I've had to learn what nozzle and, and strasserism is. <laughs> I still don't know what those, I refuse to learn. <sighs> it's just so embarrassing. I mean, like I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you're going to roast us or come up with a slur against us, by all means, I love it. I enjoy it. But come up with like a cool, legible, pithy one that everyone yeah, can understand. I know. A lot of critiques lobbied against us are pretty incoherent. Yeah. 
I'll take Cokehead or whatever. Pick me over Strasserite or Nazbol. Yeah. Pick me. (laughs) What else? Yeah. I I like when people make the critique that we somehow purport to be authorities on leftist theory or praxis. You know? (laughs) I haven't even read Marx. I've never... (laughs) I've never cracked. You've never cracked open. I read, the, I read the short one. Which one is that? The Communist Manifesto, yes. the 90-page one. I read that on a plane once That's what Jordan Peterson read, too. Yeah. I read it in college. I skimmed it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I then read, he was like, um, how can you form an entire orthodoxy around a 90-page slim volume? <laughs> uh, I read Marx in college, but like fragments kind yeah. of. Yeah. You know, were selected to indoctrinate me in yeah. my liberal arts education. Yeah, I mean, I think normal like, stuff. it's probably super useful to read Marx, but that ship has sailed for me. It's like getting a tattoo or trying a new drug. Again, I'm way too old. <laughs> I think it would be really cringe and corny if I picked up Marx oh, and suddenly became an authority on Marxism for real. You've got Lash, you've got Polya. Yeah, we, we've got like... Um, I'm secondhand marks. <laughs> I'm into young. I've gotten really into Carl Young over quarantine. So that's, yeah, I'm thinking a little more archetypally these days. That's, yeah. That's been good. <laughs> We're fine. The point is we don't, we don't need to change. Yeah. And we, and we, we would never bill ourselves as authorities and <laughs> left. Barely left us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, um rb rbg died a couple days oh ago. yeah <laughs> oops oops well yeah i mean but this is the thing i feel really guilty i have no takes or no no opinions about her death i think like she was 87 what do you think about her legacy as a judge i have no idea <laughs> kind of disappointing 87 it's a little too young for an old skinny jewish person you thought but i was holding out for 97 I just don't understand why they couldn't just pretend that she was still alive. Yeah. Like, I don't think the Supreme <laughs> Court's like even in session or whatever they call it. It's not, they're not, she wasn't like who just turned the camera off on the Zoom meeting. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we could, the Dems, if they really, you know, they could have kept it afloat through the end of the yeah until the election at least they could have just kept the facade up they're doing it with joe biden already so i don't see yeah, why he's been dead for <laughs> for months if not years why not um yeah i but I, I i think i told you this i feel personally really guilty because this is like the third or fourth time this has happened but i recorded a podcast the night before rbg died with dan oh, allegretto and my sister yes. and literally said on the podcast when is rbg gonna die like why doesn't she just die she's just holding on out of spite now and i was like complaining about her and kissing you have and done then, this before <laughs> i think with like bourdain and somebody else I forgot yeah. but like she literally died the next day so i uh, like i'm guilty as charged you said you're i'm the armenian reason voodoo yeah. i'm the reason that like um armenian gypsy curse <laughs> yeah like l- liberals and leftists are being extra annoying on twitter mad annoying yeah i like that's my one thing with her dying i was dreading that moment because i knew it would bring out the worst in both liberals and leftists i know i was like oh like the liberals are doing that like they're hyperventilating doing that histrionic thing (laughs) it's now it's really over sobbing (laughs) it's gonna be a handmaid's tale (laughs) 
And it's like, first of all, bitch, like, and then, no one will ever take away abortion from you personally. The people that it's going to hit are going to be like, who are already being impacted by <laughs> yeah, it. Basically, like four like, women in red states. You are like, now think things are bad for. Yeah, abortion will always be legal in New York. Like over Cuomo's dead body, whatever. Like I'm pro life, so <laughs> I don't have a dog in this. <laughs> yeah, I'm very casually pro life, and yeah. so I'm kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so my personal. I'm a pull out method truther. Me too. And casual <laughs> pro lifer. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Um, yeah. First of all, no abortion is so overrun by corporate interests. They're not going to stand for an outlawing. Sure. Like, come on now. I also resent how both Mm -hmm. sides like the progressives and the conservatives use it as like a pawn to inflame their bases exactly it's really gross i don't understand why a routine medical procedure which by the way i'm ethically horrified by (laughs) (laughs) is is not is so talked about and is such a flashpoint well only in america exactly because a lot of people find it to be ethically abhorrent and yeah. to consider it to be murder well yeah uh, the kind of the conservatives and the evangelicals do but and then the, the liberals and the leftists refuse to uh well it's very reactionary yeah the ethical component as poglia says but like okay it's very reactionary in that they then have to like double down on how abortions like completely morally sound and uncomplicated yeah. and rad or whatever rad, yeah. well that's and then the of course it's like the abortion is rad leftists being like yeah fuck rbg she deserves to die yeah it's oh. rad it's good folks whatever <laughs> which is equally <laughs> gross and distasteful yeah i mean I there was so much like cringe emanating from social media the the week she the weekend she died no no respect for the sanctity of life whatsoever yeah it'd be so cool if like leftists could say like yeah like abortion is really ethically problematic um when something has a heartbeat and is like moving its little opposable thumbs around <laughs> you are taking a life Mm-hmm. You cannot, I mean, you cannot be so offended about um, casual police violence and then be totally flippant about abortion. I agree. Those are lives. And I mean, if you are going to, you could use a pro-life agenda to advance, like a, to advance a leftist agenda, I mean, you know, in that if you were really pro-life, you would understand that most people have abortions out of, economic necessity Des- so desperation you, yeah being cornered. so you would first want to alleviate you know all of the economic structural pressures that cause women to have abortions the disproportionate number of which are poor yeah and then get into like the ethical question of the procedure itself you know yeah totally it's like the only women who don't have abortions out of economic necessity are spoiled selfish who use it as a form of like intermittent birth control and though yeah and then those are the same abortion as rad people who are like i'd do it again yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> I like actually a shit. I liked it actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of a pleasant sensation. Ooh. Anyway, so Trump says he's going to pass, uh, he's going to appoint a new Supreme Court justice Friday, okay. Friday or Saturday, I heard. Congratulations, um, Dasha. Thank you. It's, it's like <laughs> both of us. <laughs> we should just, you know, share duties. Um, like when one of us is recovering from Botox or extremely exactly. hungover, then the other one. <laughs> take, we Botox has a very short recovery time. <laughs> accidentally like sign into law the legal annihilation <laughs> i forgot to read the dossier <laughs> but he's saying trump is saying that it will be a woman yeah so it's gonna be somebody really evil <laughs> um what if he flips the script and i mean they'll never let him yeah they'll never let him have a have a win it's kim kardashian <laughs> she seems like she's into morality and jurisprudence Damn, she's like all into, Armenians. Yeah, yeah actually not a not a bad idea yeah and like every kind of like middle eastern woman with like disproportionate curves she would look good in that you know black robe in that kind robe? of looks like a burqa yeah i That'd i mean i think it's a no-brainer interesting yeah <laughs> if you're listening mr <laughs> president <laughs> You have our, our nomination. And then, yeah, and then there's another wave of, like, people being like, if he even thinks about appointing someone, we're going to burn it all down. It's yeah, like, it's like... You're not going to do anything. Yeah, yeah, it's like, what's his name? Um, God, what's that we're guy? We're really going to take matters into our own hands. And it'll be real yeah. class war now, baby. We're going <laughs> to march on the lawn of the White House and just stand there. We might it's- start another Chaz. <laughs> it's like reza aslan and like various other like public intellectuals who write um self-help books or books about (laughs) popular religion like threatening to burn it all down yeah it's like dude you like call the cops every time (laughs) a black guy passes by your house it's like a mailman speaking of which you hear Alyssa milano called the cops oh yeah right on like a kid in her neighborhood shooting a BB gun or something. <laughs> Karen. Classic. <laughs> Karen Milano. <laughs> Did you see the video she made a while ago of her um, talk, like crying over her hair thinning after having COVID? No. It's like people don't tell you that this can happen to you. And it's like a video of her combing her hair out of the shower root to tip. Uh-huh. Just running a comb through her hair. And of course, like is pulling it out. Yeah. And then like performatively crying and it. Um, but you can't comb wet hair aggressively it exactly. will break yeah she's blaming her breakage and menopausal balding on covid reminds you of why i hate women she's a psyop for the misogyny lobby yeah and it's working she's doing a great job she called the cops allegedly, or her husband did on a, on a teen who was using an air gun to hunt and- squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> um, Where does she live? Like somewhere, somewhere in, in like California, I don't Calabasas know. or something. Yeah, and she she claimed that like an armed gunman was on her property because she's traditionally had problems with stalkers. Oh, of course, classic BPD. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Stop stalking <laughs> me! Are you stalking me? 
but this would be another no don't stalk me i can't believe you would show up at my address which is 325 west Calab. i mean wait are you obsessed with me or something (laughs) that's scary um she originally claimed like that the the to the police that the suspect was a man in his 40s and then the teen turned himself in because he like kind of heard all the commotion and was like anxious oh (laughs) like admitted to like shooting an air gun to hunt working around um um but like um this would just be a classic case another case of like awfuls behaving awfully what are you what does awful mean um affluent white white, liberal what's the female liberal okay got it got it (laughs) it's a great acronym it's one of the few that i like um but she's also a dedicated defund the police activist of course she's an abolitionist (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know she's one of the important most important blm voices yeah she should dole us all it up it's not too late it's definitely run that pick through the gradient filter (laughs) you might come out looking like kelly Rowland. she seems like she's gonna have to have a weave after she rips all her hair out (laughs) to make a twitter video so Oh yeah, she should get into weaves and get some Indian Just hair. Just put a wig on, psycho. Yeah. Um. So she. When I hit menopause, I'm gonna go full wig. Really? I'm gonna start wearing wigs. Just <laughs> really let my freak flag fly. Yeah, why not? You can get like a Hasidic wig. That would be just like a a, a really stiff nice blonde chest, bob. chestnut brown. <laughs> I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go blonde because I think like oh. all, all, you know, all Armenian, Iranian, Lebanese, whatever ladies go blonde after like 45, 50. It looks nice against their olive skin. Yeah. It'll look better. It, it looks bad now, but it'll look better. My mom went platinum blonde. She looks like Andy Warhol. She did it herself. She's blonde fair. now. She's like platinum blonde. Wow. Like almost white. It's initially, it's a little like, ugh. <laughs> seriously she looks like <laughs> well it's hard to see your mom look different yeah like it's weird yeah but she literally looks like warhol or like assange or something <laughs> <laughs> free assange it's very avant-garde this look um but she she claimed i have her twitter response here I like, <laughs> god damn it shout out to Alyssa milano mom. not my mom oh. Because <laughs> your mom has a is a really yeah, prolific own, Twitter user yeah, as well, food chain globe analyst. You can follow her. Um, <laughs> she's way more racist than I am, <laughs> and probably way more transphobic. They cancel your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I really appreciate my. Pa- I don't know if you have a similar experience, but I really appreciate my parents because growing up, they were like not racist at all, which is remarkable for Russian people. Mm-hmm. And now, now she's pivoting. To now, yeah, now she's like, um, yeah, my parents are, they're not, they're definitely not racist. Yeah. They have kind of normal old world. I mean, there's like a racial anxieties. I think, yeah. 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 Not. Totally. And make like kind of crude jokes, but they weren't like vitriolically against other yeah. races, which is cool. Cause I definitely met Russian parents who were They like, wouldn't want me to date a black guy, but uh, no, my parents wouldn't either. That's, is that racist? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the domain of sexuality is ungovernable like, you know, exactly. by uh, yeah human-made laws. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I never listen. I've never entertained the thought of like seriously dating a black guy, but I might have to 
bump off old Eli because that Brazil filter. Have you put Eli through that? I need to put Eli through. Oh yeah, we should do Eli. See all all the options. I don't care, mom. I love my Desi boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Mom, I'm open minded. (laughs) I had a Pakistani boyfriend all throughout high school, like my high school sweetheart, and my my grandparents called me once from Moscow. Was Was he hot? Yeah, he was like Pakistani James Dean. He was like ripped and had um he used to roll his sleeves up on his t shirt and like boost cars. Ooh. <laughs> it was really hot. <laughs> um and then but but um uh, he kind of looked like um Patrick Sandberg Daisy filter. Mm. Not bad. But um he my grandparents called and they were like, uh, how's your Palestinian boyfriend doing? <laughs> they like mixed up the two, which is really cute. But they were nice about it. Yeah. They didn't do the whole like no daughter of mine is dating a black lab thing. My grandma did get a little shook when um my parents told her that Adam's family was from South Africa. <laughs> oh, she thought he was African. Like, no, no, he's Jewish and she's like even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh being a Jew from South Africa, what a what a tragedy (laughs) you don't even get to take advantage of being a racial minority um (laughs) or oh what so what did Alyssa milano say um (laughs) sorry i was like spinning my racism wheels um she said apparently right-wing media and trolls have decided that they should target me because my neighbor called the police after seeing a person dressed Uh, in black holding a rifle behind my home where i live with my young children and husband here is my statement (laughs) and what really happened and then she like lies 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 what are you lying about today Alyssa milano (laughs) it's all lies she talks about they were like watching a giants game and our neighbor spotted a man dressed in all black walking in the woods between our properties with a gun blah 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 um her husband called the cops um the cops came over as they sheltered in place I would like to thank the brave men and women of Ventura County Sheriff's as well as the other officers who came to protect and serve our neighborhood. These are exactly the type of situations... Bitch, I thought you wanted to abolish. Well, here she clarifies it and rationalizes it. Um, these are exactly the type of situations that police officers are trained for and should be responding to, and we will always support the police having the resources they need for appropriate policing actions. How convenient. <laughs> it's always like to fund the yeah, police for thee and not for me. Of course. Like she wants to have her finger on that button. So the that they can shoot a teenager <laughs> yeah. in her backyard. Yeah, like shoot someone's dog. The they, FedEx wait, guy. They saw comes black, up. I mean dressed in black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very dark. I mean his clothes were dark. <laughs> he scared me. He scared my young children. <laughs> And then, like, um, her neighbor said, she can tweet those things because at the end of the day, she lives behind the gates in a gated community. She knows the police will come to save her. But what about all those people who don't have that luxury and live in an unsafe neighborhood? She obviously doesn't care. She uses her platform in a hypocritical <laughs> ways. Why not send your husband into the, into the yard to find out what's actually going on before you call the police? I would guesstimate the response today from law enforcement cost taxpayers thousands of dollars. Ooh, her neighbor really hates Neighborhood her. Watch, yeah. Damn. Oh, God. <laughs> well, they're probably up in the hills, so they're not like close neighbors. Yeah, but but yeah. What's Ventura County? You know better than I. Mm, it's like the valley, I think. Okay. Just so yeah, Ventura it's like County. probably some I don't know. 
nice as part of <sighs> um yeah I, Alyssa Milano my god she's like the archetypal cluster b woman which is the archetypal woman in a nutshell <laughs> I'm not a misogynist. I just hate that type of woman, which happens to be the uh, typical type of woman. Hey, I know. I <laughs> I don't know. I might be a misogynist. I'm working on it in there. I talk about it with my therapist. Really? Like, yeah, my misogynistic <laughs> impulses. Me too. And then I feel really bad about it. I mean, but yeah, some women that unfortunately are most types i'm actually i want more for women i'm me too furious that they're so committed to being huge losers i know <laughs> and like lying to themselves and others but i hear that 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 voice and just nope yeah <laughs> i think we can lie down. to ourselves a little as a treat within reason mm -hmm. like within moderation that's it's a feature not a bug any human should have yeah yeah but like on such a mass scale like on twitter i learned a good turn of phrase the other day mm. enlightened exceptionalism I don't remember where I read it, but it was in reference to like the context as they were talking about Gia Tolentino's writing yeah. and how um, by being self-aware of her own complicity, she absolves herself mm -hmm. of like critique. Because that's not Lauren Euler? Um, I don't think it was. It was some other um, female critic in reference to that. But like um, I, I find this position to be very like morally ugly and indecent yeah and i find it to be the kind of chief central position of virtually any kind of like media or academia girl you know and like i don't mean to like i'm not trying to like judge anybody individually or whatever because i get it and people are doing the best they can you know yeah but like you know all the stuff the confessional mode the whole emphasis on telling your story it's all designed to allow women to do what they do best which is humble brag in the guise of victimhood <laughs> no i'm serious yeah that's all it is it's like every one of these kind of like books articles um artwork social media posts comes down to look at me i'm so pretty look at me i'm so smart look at me i'm so thin look at me i'm so sexually desirable like at the end of the day it's like you don't have to tell us we can make our own judgments yeah and like i think it's like if we can unfortunate yeah yeah and if we can get past that that's already a ma like a major step forward for feminism if we can like acknowledge that about ourselves which oh, by the way all of us are guilty as charged of course <laughs> i haven't written a personal essay but i would <laughs> um well yeah i i mean sure i would too i guess if it was like the right one i don't know that's a good question it whether i would or not but like yeah it's i don't i, I don't if mind I a, if i had a story to tell. <laughs> yeah. um but but yeah I, I don't i mean i don't mind like like i was reading chris krauss recently again and i i was reading um what's her face um mm -hmm. jordan wolfson's aunt <laughs> i don't know who's his aunt she's uh, a psychologist she's she's like married to a shrink and she's a writer okay um she wrote fear of flying and like they're very kind of both narcissistically confessional but i like i mean I, it's interesting and fun and funny it i has... think you can do it in a in a fun and funny way yeah and you can, I mean, I, I read Mary Gateskill's essay collection recently. Yeah, she's good. And there's some personal essays in there, and they're great because she's able to very um, 
what most personalities fail to do is like extrapolate on your personal circumstances onto something kind of more broader, broader yeah. universal. And she's very skilled at kind of like she she has a great essay actually on like date rape. That's sort of a response to it's probably written around the time that like Palia's um, mm-hmm. date rape essay was popular mm-hmm. and she kind of tells her own story of being of um being kind of like date raped while on acid yeah um and then sort of but breaks it down in a really she touches on like a core kind of emotional truth of it that's yeah, not, yeah that doesn't like victimize her yeah but it gives it a more resonant it's hard you have to be a really good writer i think to yeah and you have to be um very conscious of your motives mm-hmm. outside of your like faculty totally. with prose and style totally and i, I think there's mo- a lot of motives are major yeah there's a lot of writers who are like stylish but delusional mm-hmm. um so it's only like half the battle but yeah no you have i think it, the, the point is to um kind of universalize the particular rather than personal or uh, particularize the universal and like make it about you i think mm-hmm. it was like a john updike quote from way back when i forgot who he was talking about another great misogynist yeah <laughs> But I think, but see, I feel like a lot of women secretly see this about themselves and hate themselves and other women on some level and discuss it with their shrinks, but it's not anything that's ever discussed like above the surface mm. or on the surface. Well, you get called a pick me if you, yeah, yeah. If you run up to your <laughs> misogynistic feelings. Yeah. I, but by the way, listen, I don't express certain, you know, quasi misogynistic, uh, opinions or feelings for the benefit of men who i think are also not worthy of respect for the most part sure um, but for the benefit of other women yeah i exactly i want i want more yeah more for chicks me too like we, we don't have to pander to men no they... there's no, there's no point <laughs> they're not they're not worth our while the, like the vast majority of them are like cowards and shit rats mm-hmm. and like soy boys i mean spot the lie yeah. yeah and like they'll probably pick you anyway so it's yeah i know fine. <laughs> you don't have to i know they'll they'll literally pick you if you're like you have a hole yeah <laughs> yeah you could have you could be like morbidly obese and like have thinning hair and no teeth and they'll still pick you if you have a warm orifice <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> sorry <laughs> damn um but i think people like fine if you're like uh like a writer or an artist fine but i i reserve my my greatest uh disrespect for women like Alyssa milano and rose mcgowan who try to make it into a political thing yeah and who pre especially who previously traded on their sexuality so successfully yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> on like the pussy stock market <laughs> yeah pussies at an all-time low bad news folks pussy stock my sister like angrily sent me some story about how it was also from the daily mail oh by the way all these stories are from the daily mail yeah that's where we get our news (laughs) (laughs) twitter the daily mail i feel personally ashamed when i read gothamist because it feels so provincial and like low but we'll be talking about a gothamist article today. what was who published the butler interview new statesman yeah that's 
I don't know what any of these websites are and I have a really hard time mixing up which ones are like bad or, or I'm good, not supposed yeah. to be reading. I'm always like, <laughs> is this a reputable source? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I'm reading like Breitbart. I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> Does Breitbart still exist? They must. Yeah. I'm going to look this up. I'm curious. Um, Breitbart. Breitbart. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, the this article that my sister sent me where Rose McGowan was talking about how she felt coerced and manipulated <clears throat> into wearing that see-through sequin <sighs> dress she wore no, on the red carpet. No, don't take with, that away from us. And it's like, but you looked so hot and sexy and you knew it and you wanted it. Like, you weren't coerced. She was like, oh, the patriarchy made me show oh, my... Because Marilyn Manson. Yeah, it was like, no, you were like 25 and really hot and like wanted to show it off and like flaunt it. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> We get it. Like, you're literally like... You looked great. Don't... An actress and some famous guy's girlfriend. Like, that's like... Who wouldn't <laughs> in that situation? Yeah. Um, no, that's... Don't don't take the see-through dress away from us, Rose McGowan. I know. I know. It was like an iconic... Yes, yeah, Breitbart is... They're still... Uh, they're still... Doing their thing. Yeah, they're still up and running. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's on Breitbart? Um, <laughs> breakout gear. Wait, what? protests breakout gear unloaded from U-Haul after no murder charges in Breonna Taylor case. One officer in- indicted for wanton endangerment. Mm. I guess they're talking about the the Breonna thing. <laughs> um, these actors are now blacklisted from Hollywood. Okay, boring. <laughs> Something blah blah. It seems very boring actually. I was expecting some some um some more salacious. Uh, yeah. Oh, here's a good one. Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi want to import socialism, <laughs> putting America on a path to Medicare for all. Tell President that'd Trump be, to stop them now. Be nice. <laughs> Is that what? true? That's cool. <laughs> Finally some good news. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi were uh, putting us on a path toward socialism and Medicare for all. <laughs> I love that this is like the, the way that the left and the right view each other is so like caricatured and retarded. You can't even confused. like, yeah, yeah no one's... I don't even think it's confused. I think it's like deliberate. Like there's no way like someone like Steve Bannon thinks that Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi are socialists. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think it's just, it's all media is just pandering to like confirmation bias at this point. Yeah. You know, they're just yeah, yeah. telling you what you want to hear. I've never felt less excited about politics, which is a great feeling. The, I'm looking the debates on Tuesday, I think. Oh, yeah, we should the watch it. The first Biden-Trump one. Um, oh, yeah, we should talk about uh, this, uh, the the um, push to get everyone to register to vote oh yeah the deadline was i thought the deadline was like a while ago yeah <laughs> i thought i already i thought the boat sailed on registering to vote because yeah, people usually, were making such yeah. a big deal about it like a couple months ago yeah so how am i why should i think that this is the, <laughs> the real deadline they're like you can register to vote at clandestino <laughs> or dimes yeah i am a, a proud non-voter it's simply none of my business <laughs> i know it's none of my business what happens to this country i'm upper middle class now bitch i'm minding my own business <laughs> oh god <laughs> uh, i have abortion on demand 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't see the utility of voting in a situation where both candidates are uh, equally shitty. No, and I resent being you know told that i have some kind of moral imperative to vote for joe biden yeah so that because you don't really doesn't make sucks. endear voting to me at all no matter how many boots carly Kloss puts on yeah. that say vote down the side oh yeah she had that these <laughs> boots are made for voting <laughs> tweet lots of heinous voting voting fashion she's the one who's married to the 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 other kushner that yes, nobody talks about exactly um Right. She's like the other Ivanka. So she's like in bed with the Trump family. Literally, yeah. Yeah. So get out those get out there and vote. Yeah. <laughs> for for it's, who? It's crazy to me also that Carly Kloss probably sees herself as like morally superior to Ivanka Trump and they're literally the same woman. They have like yeah. the same dimensions. I mean Ivanka has bigger tits because they're fake. But other and than Carly Kloss is a real model whereas Yeah. Ivanka it was a fleeting team yeah. model i love ivanka's model i know days. i love her her face she's so beautiful very slavic yeah i love her and paris hilton and their like 17 year old modeling days those are like those images are so like they're like glittering images totally truly <laughs> yeah carly Kloss has never produced a glittering image in her life in spite in spite of being like the most highly compensated supermodel of all time i think i mean seeing her in those uh, black boots really triggered some <laughs> epigenetic <laughs> <laughs> Nazi trauma for me. Honestly, I, I, I thought of uh, come and see oh, when yeah. that like Nazi like, woman's <laughs> eating the lobster while they're like burning down the Belarusian village. Oops. That's what Carly Kloss looks like to me in her Nazi voting boots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hate. Like, I just picture those boots like crushing my neck. I know. <laughs> your frail get out there and vote it's it's also like you know i go on instagram and there's like that banner now at the top um that's like above some like influencers flat abs that's like did you register to vote and it's like literally the one thing that i hate the most in this in this world which is why i hate women is (laughs) feeling um emotionally manipulated and coerced i am with you i don't like being lied to being manipulated yeah i don't like what's that thing you said like in 2018 about like Mm. how it's just like a feeling of like insane powerlessness and demoralization when you don't inhabit the same plane as somebody else yeah like the same plane of reality exactly yeah and it it feels very alienating yeah and i hate feeling like um like there's like a concerted pr campaign to make you feel like a morally shitty person for not doing something that is a waste of your time and contradicts your interests. Yeah. By the way, I see like the whole, I I understand that like, this is not merely a presidential vote and that you can vote for like local officials. And that is also meaningful, but that's, I guess that's not what we're here to do. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe I could be swayed on that basis, but it's also like, who are the local officials like dsa endorsed socialists that are like the future foot soldiers of the dnc i don't know yeah i don't know like it doesn't matter here specifically i think elsewhere i wanted cynthia nixon to to beat cuomo (laughs) 
yeah, I what it was cast like a, a for cute her. little moment. I forgot about that. Um, I ran into her at the the pickle shop downtown. <laughs> oh, yeah, I side. <laughs> so I, I remember it vividly. But, um, you know, I'm I would vote if I felt like I really wanted someone to win. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but there's like nobody that's like captivating or isn't that their job <laughs> to motivate you to yeah. vote for them if they, you know. I know it's like crazy because the yeah. the Democrats entire electoral campaign has been just like motivating people to not vote for the other guy. They exactly. can't even mount a convincing, compelling case for their guy. Yeah. Cuz there isn't. And also that's it's illegal to vote for dead people. <laughs> I'm just saying. And that's why I resent it cuz it's like don't you there's a fascist in the white house like i (laughs) that doesn't absolve the democrats from not representing my interests and just generally being horrible at politics yeah they deserve to lose they probably won't yeah i don't even i guess i'm vaguely interested in the outcome of of the election Mm. um but yeah like trump is also like too much of a pog to be a fascist (laughs) seriously he's a big fat ass like, yeah he's definitely not a body fascist yeah i saw somebody tweeting about how like he's uh, you know don't don't be confused by his faux working class cadence he's actually an elite and i was like well yeah no shit but they like furnished oh, some the pictures picture of his like gilded, gilded palace. palace it's like I'm sorry, but that's how most working class people would furnish their home if they had the means. They wouldn't do like elite taste is like that kind of like warm Danish undesigned Minimal, that yeah. looks like a fucking Airbnb. Exactly. Those are the people you shouldn't trust. Real elites are. Also, did you see the leaked pictures from um, Epstein's Little St. James? No. They like released a new, whole new <laughs> set of weird like photos that look like they were taken on like a disposable camera uh-huh. and the decor is truly depraved it's well, like it's it, not it's weird it's really really weird <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna it's vague kind of like i think the daily mail probably has a good article about it <laughs> the only right if it's not the daily mail how can i know if it's reputable or not yeah <laughs> the last remaining reputable news outlet <laughs> um strange photos Just see how sinister jeffrey epstein's blah 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 i i saw some pit somebody had turned him into um a uh oh, i didn't do the avatar race thing oh that's interesting that's another i'm app. gonna put him through the through the gradient race app when we're, when oh, we're yeah. done here true smart <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where are the pictures? I'm like trying to find the pictures. He has like a lot of like weird. They're kind um, of, yeah, it took me a while. Incoherent decor. Like it's like a glass table with like a 90s porn couch. It looks very mismatched and kind of stuck. I I, I bet you Jelaine decorated it. It's (laughs) conforming with her oddball. Yeah. Psychedelic. Her kind of putting sense of fashion. Coco Pelli. southwestern i get why they were in new mexico because they like that kind of ayahuasca yeah what are we talking about i don't know um Um, oh judith butler sure we can talk about judith i want to see the flight logs whether judith Judith butler (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna release them soon 
like a full a full flight log list. Oh, I thought they were already released. Why did I think that? And um, they should um, appoint Dershowitz to the Supreme Court as oh a last God. fuck yeah. you to the nation. There you go. That's then we'll really burn. Then we'll really take matters into our own hands. <laughs> then it's the guillotine for you, Mr. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> Mr. Dershowitz, clean your teeth. <laughs> he has the most disgusting teeth. Dershowitz is teeth. such a monster, dude. His teeth look like they would like come off if you touch. Like they seem oh, chalky. Crumble. <laughs> like a nightmare. Um, <laughs> Judith Butler, famed academia lesbian. Yeah. New, new interview with her. Oh, we forgot to talk about the metronome. Sorry, I Uh-oh. smacked in a really gross Zizekian way. <laughs> That's the hardest part about doing a Zizek impression is getting all the, the snorting yeah. and lisping down. Like the lip smacking. I won't even try. Um, the climate change metronome, we don't have to talk about it. I we agree can. with your tweet. It's like boring. I mean, uh, it used to be the the national debt oh. was what the, those That's numbers way cooler. were. Which is way cooler. Yeah. Biffo Berardi actually writes about it in the his book, The Uprising on mm-hmm. Poetry and Finance, how like as the debt becomes more astronomical, it changes like our conceptual understanding of, of what it means. Yeah. And then that trickle down and influences language and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, now it's a countdown clock. So that's just going to be, it's going to be so anticlimactic too. And like the world doesn't end in whatever arbitrary number they made up. Who says we have seven years left in whatever, who says who says yeah it's probably less <laughs> I'm, I, I'm glad that they're i'm glad that they're creating jobs i guess they've employed some some like public arts curator to like oversee this project and he gives he gives sound bites to uh news outlets yeah uh, at least one guy go. is one guy's is eating got a job during the pandemic changing the clock in union square and also of course this is like a totally fake non-story because this is only up for like climate change week or whatever oh then so they're it's only up switch for, it back yeah it's like the normal clock so then what's the point of having a countdown clock if nothing i don't know if you don't even get to the end yeah it's up for like a fraction of the time oh my god it's um, so annoying and boring <laughs> and they also um through in a Greta Thunberg reference. It's funny because nobody talks about Greta Thunberg or George Floyd or any of the um, pandemic slash riot well, the... personas. <laughs> I'm just talking about the race filter mostly. <laughs> well, the pandemic, I was going to say, really took the wind out of climate change's sails. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, this, rolled this, back a lot this of apocalyptic fantasy. Yeah, right? Yeah. Also that. And then it was like, I didn't see a pandemic coming. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's true because it was such a blow to the world economy. And actually, some people <laughs> think that. Yeah. I just don't trust science. I, there, I have so little trust Me in too. any institution or purported expert. Yeah. And who could blame me? Yeah, I mean, like, okay, like, what Deanna said on our podcast way back when that, you know, we got a lot of flack for, she's absolutely right, climate change. Deanna, uh, vindicated. Yeah, always, like, uh, black trans lives, all these things are, like, plausible causes with, like, real world effects that are basically a symbolic effigy for, like, affluent liberals, because Mm -hmm. there's no stakes or no goals for them. Yeah. They don't actually ever have to suffer the effects of climate change or meet a black trans person it's they can talk about this and like look like good people eternally like spin their wheels 
Yeah. With Judith Butler, case in point. Totally. So good. That's a good pivot. Yeah. <laughs> um, New Statesman. Is the name of the magazine? Yeah. <laughs> they published an interview with Judith Butler where the... I didn't really get the angle. Again, don't know what New Statesman is. They seem to really be harping on the J.K. Rowling yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, the interviewers seem to keep referencing J.K. Rowling. Yeah. And almost trying to get... Mm, get yeah. Butler to say something contradictory. Or controversial. Or controversial. Or but bait. Butler kept her very kind of nonsensical measured academic stance yeah which is what she's always done yeah. which is so which is why she's so infuriating as a thinker <laughs> <laughs> uh let me find a quote of hers um she said as i remember the argument in gender trouble the point was rather different first one who one does not have to be a woman to be a feminist and we should not confuse the categories. Men who are feminists, non-binary and trans people who are feminists are part of the movement if they hold to the basic propositions of freedom and equality that are part of any feminist political struggle. She went on to say that um, trans exclusionary radical feminists are not, do not comprise like mainstream feminist thought mm -hmm. and are actually kind of outliers trying to derail the conversation and that feminism is implicitly a, a trans inclusionary movement yeah i mean i don't disagree but also like again this interview like which i saw people accusing it of like being illegible or word salad or whatever it's not even that it's just like uh things we already know like Whoa. there was no controversy, no, no. In, I mean, I think I guess she was shilling a book. Oh, I didn't. So even, that was probably I the didn't purpose. Even notice. But already in the first question, she's lying for for clout. <laughs> um, the interviewer. <laughs> no, seriously. The the interviewer asks her in gender trouble. You wrote that quote. Contemporary feminist debates over meanings of gender lead time and time again to a certain sense of trouble, as if the indeterminacy of gender might eventually culminate in a failure of feminism. How far do ideas you explored in that book 30 years ago help explain how the trans rights debate has moved into mainstream culture and politics? This is the last time I'll quote ad nauseum because it's okay. annoying. And then she responds, I want to first question whether trans exclusionary feminists are really the same as mainstream feminists. If you are right to identify the one with the other, then a feminist position of opposing transphobia is a marginal position. I think this may be wrong. My wager is that most feminists support trans rights and oppose all forms of transphobia. So I find it worrisome that suddenly the trans exclusionary radical feminist position is understood as commonly accepted or even mainstream. I think it is actually a fringe movement that is seeking to speak in the name of mainstream and that our responsibility mm. is to refuse to let this happen. And it's like notice that the interviewer never mentioned TERFs. Or, yeah. uh, or let alone suggested that they were mainstream feminism. This is a this is a debate that Judith Butler manufactures herself immediately. Yeah, immediately. So um, she's trying to make this debate happen in order to cons consolidate her own position within it and install herself as like the spokesperson or the gatekeeper. Right. Like nobody. First of all, the trans debate is not mainstream will never be mainstream it's a mostly marginal academic debate of course um like you know it's a sliver of the of a tiny sliver of the population that doesn't um 
require its own dedicated or dominant discourse because it suffices to say that trans people are people who deserve the same rights as all people, right? Of course. And everybody agrees with this. This is non-controversial. Right. Like, But the question then <laughs> is when you say feminist, what are you referring to? <clears throat> you know, and that's where Butler kind of does become incoherent for me is that, yeah, you know, and I'm not a turf <laughs> because I'm not a feminist. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that, I don't know. Well, think about like at the pussy March mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, I think that there's some, there is like a strand of what you could call turfism in mainstream feminism. Yeah. But it's not, it happened. It seems to happen very mindlessly rather than out of like transphobia. Yeah, she's correct. She's correct to say in reference to J.K. Rowling that um, certain women experience kind of a unfounded anxiety at the thought of trans women infiltrating their spaces. But I don't think this anxiety is deliberate or malicious Um, or intellectualized. As in the last talk hole... Talkhold does like a column in Interview Magazine. Yeah. Where Eric and Stephen like go back and forth. And one of them said that um, British women are TERFs because they're so ugly. (laughs) (laughs) That being uh, genetically female is the only advantage they feel like they they have. (laughs) They have those um, jowly, horsey faces Mm -hmm. with the wooden teeth. Yeah. Yeah. They sure do. Yeah. I can see that, yeah. Um, British guys can be so hot. Yeah, in like a hot Elizabeth Payton painting kind of way. Like Liam Gallagher, Kurt Cobain, as seen through her eyes. Happy belated birthday to Liam Gallagher. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. Is he a Virg? He's, yeah, on the cusp, I think. so cool. Very cool. I love him. (laughs) Um, But like, okay, she, you know... um, both she and and J.K. Rowling actually take a willfully reductive stance on this so that they can conceal their own motives. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, she she talks about this penis fantasy that J.K. Rowling has, that she fears the penis and the intrusion of the penis into life and it's this weird mm-hmm. like thing. And it's like, but she's also living in a fantasy world where she refuses to define what feminism is. Butler. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She says that, you know, anyone, gender is a construct. And so anyone can be not only a woman, but a feminist. Yeah. And then men who are feminists, I'm reading it again. (laughs) Anyone can be a feminist if they hold the basic propositions of freedom and equality that are part of any feminist political struggle. Yeah just freedom and equality that's yeah like that's what you're gonna kind of like vague bloated human rights bywords that mean nothing unless you contextualize them exactly you can't use the word turf meaningfully unless you define what feminism it means to you and like exactly (laughs) i mean but that's what it is and it's like you know as i've said the bathroom discourse is two bathroom discourses like i have no problem sharing a bathroom or a bed with trans girls i know in fact i wouldn't even it would not even cross my mind yeah you know but would i have a problem sharing a bathroom or a bed with um one of those weirdos on twitter that hounds and pesters me yeah because they freak me the fuck (laughs) out yeah there's like different types of i'm not even making this like blanchard 
argument here, but like you got to define the terms. Very well, the strongly. bathroom debate, <clears throat> you know, because it, it does kind of, it is dependent on kind of enacting a universal policy, right? Yeah. So that's why it's so, so yeah, like I also wouldn't want to be in a bathroom with Samantha Pritchard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as, as a, a policy, trans, by the way. you have to kind of be like, okay, we have to have mixed gender bathrooms. Yeah. So that I don't, by the way, also, I don't care if we have mixed gender bathrooms, I really especially don't. if there's single I, occupancy, who cares? Sure. Every, must, this is what drives me nuts. Like every fucking museum will have like a, a single occupancy bathroom that you lock behind yourself that says gender neutral bathrooms. <laughs> like you don't have to specify that because if it has a toilet, yes, anybody can like, you know, it's not, it's, <laughs> it's like an all purpose bathroom. It, it's these debates are like literally manufactured to give airtime to people like Judith Butler to spin their wheels. Right. Nobody to cares about bugs. them. I don't think trans people care about them in real life because again, most trans people are just trying to live a quiet and dignified life. Sure. And like live as people. Yeah. So I don't buy like this. And she says also, let us be clear that the d- debate here is not between feminists and trans activists. There are trans affirmative feminists and many trans people are also committed feminists. So one clear problem is the framing that acts as if the debate is between feminists and trans people. It is not. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit. Like it's the con that's stating the obvious, but again, right. she does not define what feminist means. The same thing with Marxists. Like she and her partner, Wendy Brown are fond of describing themselves as Marxists. Right. But they never define what, marxist means in like that context you know in and in practice for and them in practice for them praxis if you will that's yeah. a marxist term <laughs> um right and if i don't know if feminism is going to be trans inclusionary yeah then it would follow that feminism has kind of a conceptual interest in femininity yeah right as like a category yeah that people can opt into yes but then femininity gender is socially constructed as judith butler says and has no real material reality Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. then how do you organize around the material interests of someone of a group of people yeah on the basis of femininity does that make sense that's yeah, where no, it's totally. like falling it apart from me. yeah yeah it because it's it's truly like that's illegible and incoherent right like it makes no sense until you realize what it's really about and it's like you know she and wendy brown will call themselves marxists but their interest is to mystify and obfuscate the class dimension the material dimension Mm -hmm. it literally is and you know she again calls herself a marxist and then like praises in that same interview blm she talks about how she has mixed feelings about the harper's letter because as an educator and writer she's uh, believes in slow and thoughtful um debate but on the other hand she says some of those signatories were taking aim at black lives matter as if the loud and public opposition to racism um, or itself uncivilized behavior and it's like you know again blm is a liberal movement that serves the wealthy and depends on a, 
a class of oppressed racialized poor for its continued existence like this is also unambiguous and non-controversial i think and like you know what does it mean again to have judith butler call herself a marxist but then be pro blm and by the way i find it totally understandable Mm. if a random leftist person on twitter is supportive of blm i get it of course it's designed to kind of garner a universal sympathetic support yes even you know by being by virtue of it being called black lives matter yes. it's hard to be anti-blm yes yeah, it sounds <laughs> monstrous i'm inclined to be supportive of it but judith butler is a seasoned academic with political expertise mm-hmm. so she's lying she's lying she's lying and it's like mm-hmm. crazy again it's like i hate feeling manipulated and coerced and yeah. judith butler makes me feel that way especially by women yeah and like you know <laughs> i don't i don't know like no i know it's like you can't i don't know i'd like to see her try to someone actually try to like engage with her ideas with her you know and have her unpack them yeah because she's very good at obfuscating yeah in like the most bland and and kind of like inoffensive way because she's not like totally um you know obscurantist Mm -hmm. she makes just the right amount of sense and then she pulls back exactly (laughs) like she'll say something you're like nodding along you're like yeah that's right yeah um, we have seen when laws and social policies represent women, they make tacit decisions about who counts as a woman and very often make presuppositions about what a woman is. We have seen this in the domain of reproductive rights. So the question I was asking then is, do we need to have a settled idea of women or of any gender in order to advance feminist goals? Well, sort of. don't we sort of? I mean, that's why feminism is a very fraught and... Yeah, I think has a failure of an identity and a movement in yeah. a lot of ways because, first of all, women don't share class interests. Yeah, they're not a unified block. Or, again, I'll repeat myself. <laughs> I, maybe it doesn't need to have a unified idea of what a woman is, but it is does seem to be about femininity as such. Yeah. And that has to be fundamentally real in some way mm-hmm. and not a social construct <laughs> yeah, yeah. for any of its interests to be advanced. Yeah, like what are the main tenets of feminism? Well, like we want to make sure that women get compensated as much as men do for the same job. Yes. That concerns both biological and trans women. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that women have access to like child care and medical care that's specifically for women this also possibly concerns both biological and trans women yes um we want to make sure that women have access to reproductive opportunities so that the choice between having an abortion and having a child is not merely kind of illusory or symbolic as angela nagel pointed out that only as of now concerns biological women right like there's all these different intersectional yeah if you will but like pretty concrete material debates that make up feminism in my mind but it's become so abstracted by the kind of 
obfuscation that Butler does when they th- we throw around words like equality and freedom. Yeah. And basically, like being anti-BLM, being anti-feminist implies that you're a misogynist, basically. <laughs> yeah, that you're black-hating, woman-hating yeah. monster. But I feel like, again, the kind of stakes of the debate that she's... So the dictionary definition of Oxford from <laughs> of Oxford feminism. is the <laughs> uh, the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. Okay. Okay. But For me, don't in that case maybe count me out because I don't really think that equality is very fraught for me in that. Yeah. 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 But again, but if you're talking about like equality between the sexes, the sexes are like inherently biologically unequal in certain ways. Like if you take the example of reproductive health, women uh, need to be bumped up and subsidized mm-hmm. in order to be equal to men if they want to have children. Right. Let's ask Leo what she thinks. <laughs> yeah. On a scale of one to 10, how much do you hate trans people? Feminism. Welcome to Red Sierra. I'm reading the Wikipedia for for (laughs) feminism. Feminism incorporates the position that societies prioritize the male point of view and that women are treated unjustly within those societies. Again, I think being a feminist kind of does hinge on there being a patriarchy, no? Yeah, for sure. Because if if there is no patriarchy, then there is no... Then what are we... uh, unequal whatever where is the yeah kind of the gendered injustice that's happening yeah but this is you know i said this on twitter and i'll stand by it the the problem that um you know some some ho was tweeting about how Hmm. i like the patriarchy and it's like i don't like the patriarchy i don't think it meaningfully exists (laughs) for the type of women who invoke it most frequently and loudly Uh uh-huh which are awfuls it doesn't exist for you you're paid about the same you have the same opportunities. In fact, you there's probably, probably a quota that, yeah, opportunities. Um, you're certainly not a, a, as um, endangered or precarious as like working class white men. Certainly not. Exactly. Women well, don't share class with uh, interests as a class. Yeah, which is like a, an insane claim to make. So, like to hear Judith Butler make kind of a Marxist feminist claim on behalf of uh, trans women when her whole shtick is denying that certain like class hierarchies exist in Mm -hmm. favor of like privileging gender disparities. I mean, yeah, a patriarchy is when, you know, you can't, go somewhere without your husband or male relative where you can't drive a car or have a bank account or I patriarchy to me is a very kind of material thing. Yeah. Like that specific, doesn't yeah. really exist in the West. Yeah. Not, not in America in 2020 for the vast majority of women, like in a systemic way, I don't buy it. I don't believe it. Um, I also like, I don't think that any of these women like young millennial women especially have any experience with living under an actual patriarchy. Of course not. <laughs> like, you know, the USSR was a much more 
patriarchal society, but it wasn't anywhere near a patriarchy because I mean, the sexes were very much equal. Wasn't yeah, in it that, was a in that mission way, yeah. to make the but you know people like um, the kind of social relations uh, between people on the day to day were much more kind of sexist or misogynistic than. Well, that's I think right. There's a kind of for me. There's a distinction between a patriarchal society and say a like a misogynistic society yeah yeah (laughs) if that makes sense yeah where men are pricks but they're equally disempowered or something (laughs) like that or just yeah you know i mean russia is like a very homophobic culture yeah yeah it is It's, it's very misogynistic and homophobic still to this day but that's different from from patriarchy yeah from it being kind of like and i I think like also yeah these academics it's in their interest to mix up like political patriarchy and social patriarchy too Mm -hmm. and like i don't know well yeah that's why you can obfuscate and talk about something like the male gaze or how many women say words in a movie or something (laughs) (laughs) to sort of bolster this idea of injustice that isn't the Bechdel test. Very real, yeah. Your movie passes the Bechdel test. It does, yeah. By like, with flying colors. Yeah. I want to make a movie that does not at all pass it whatsoever. The, <laughs> I mean, there's a ton. Well, most of the female characters talk, You, the third rule is they have to talk about not a man. Okay. So they, most of the characters in my movie do talk about Jeffrey Epstein, but. They, but he's not a romantic interest. No, they don't have to be. They just oh, okay. have to have just a conversation a about something that's not a man, which my movie barely kind of passes because <sighs> most right, of the yeah. conversations are about. I mean, they talk um, about buying I mean, like household products at some point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are instances. Um, there are. It's funny that she talks about how she never felt particularly female, mm-hmm. and so they and so she like ha- asks questions about um, the constraints of traditional gender norms. Um, for many who fall outside of his term, its terms, I never understand. I never understood that anxiety because Poglia talks about like Poglia has literally called herself trans. Yeah, which I can relate to and identify with, like not feeling fully female. But I never understood that anxiety, like um, that, like Judith Butler is describing about how she, you know, doesn't identify fully as female and feels, uh, you know oppressed by these the norms, constraints these norms because nobody's oppressing her it's almost like she wants there to be some some level of oppression to to help her define herself against something right literally nobody cares what judith butler identifies as <laughs> no i'm serious nobody's yeah. like you should put on some lipstick toots maybe I mean, show some cleavage she teaches at berkeley yeah yeah she's got total like berkeley brain people <laughs> <Yeah>. in- <laughs> Berkeley is just like a climate of like boomers wildly virtue signaling at no one. Yeah. You know, boomers like banging the war drum for battles long past. Exactly. From like obsessed with Howard Zinn. (laughs) The Judith Butler story. They're obsessed with Howard Zinn and comfortable pants, (laughs) (laughs) breezy pants and going out to chez panisse and shit but then <laughs> yeah never having to be around black people yeah she probably lives i probably she probably lives in north berkeley or like albany or something 
she probably has a totally nice like sequestered lesbian life yeah i know that's the thing it's like no one's in berkeley's like hey toots why don't you put on a nice (laughs) gown for me (laughs) twirl that's always like the fantasy of these like gender norms yeah is this like very simp (laughs) yeah (laughs) why isn't she playing with those barbies yeah but it doesn't like nobody cares in these kind of like liberal elite enclaves like how you live your life nobody notices your gender expression (laughs) no certainly nobody persecutes you for it um where you do get kind of uh endangered and persecuted for your gender expression is in those uh areas that judith butler does not care about as a Mm. fake marxist right Right. (laughs) a a farxist like a like a farce um but this is like she's a liar (laughs) yeah this is also why i hate academia I mean, this is the real, the real problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that the, the whole system is rewards this kind of, this <laughs> rewards this kind of behavior. Yeah. Like self-deceit. It's Graduate not, school's a disease. I've, I know. I know. I'm so glad before. I cured myself. I mean. I just cut, cut that limb off. I barely made it unscathed out of, out of mills. Yeah. Actually, it made me more of a misogynist. I know. How could I you Because I had not? to hear the chattering of women's voices. All the time. All day yeah. long. Like, justifying their own kind of, like, narcissism as social oppression or whatever. I mean, this was 2012, 13. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't so so bad. So yet. bad, yeah. yeah. It was still... A women's college was still a pretty nice place to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I mean, college in general. I mean, my my undergrad experience is very positive and uplifting actually i liked going to college yeah Yeah, it was nice but you know in retrospect and though i guess i'm glad because it gives me sort of a reference point for when people make these really convoluted kind of academic anthropological Mm -hmm. like (laughs) claims or purport to have some kind of research you know mm-hmm. i like think back to my my thesis in college was called menstrual dialectic <laughs> which literally meant not like yeah there was nothing dialectical that i was doing that's academic speak for red scare <laughs> no one in my advice no one was like this doesn't make sense you're not doing dialectics they were like a plus like, yeah like, great yeah, paper yeah. and i like yeah i did uh it was in sociocultural anthropology. So I got like my sample group of like 10 girls, 10 to 20 girls who I interviewed about their attitudes about menstruation. And then I tried to synthesize like a thesis about uh, menstrual suppression. Like when you take birth control, that stops your period. And I did kind of wait, Dasha, but at least you did like real science, real, the scientific method. Yeah. You're way more scientifically accomplished than AOC. Well, it's not, it's not real. My point is it's not, (laughs) uh, it's not real science, especially, and even more so now that it's gone through like the whole post-structural Butler, Butlerism. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like anything can mean anything and you can completely warp any of your findings to bolster any worldview that you already have yeah yeah it's all just it's so lies the lies are piling i know i know you're when will the lies stop avalanche of lies (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, menstrual dialogue sex. I think like I, I wrote an undergrad thesis on um, comparing John Singer Sargent and Valentin Serov, who's like a Russian painter of the same ilk, like a portrait painter of the um, upper crust and nouveau riche like mercantile classes mm-hmm. at the turn of the century and i think my argument there was that um silver age painting was superior to like suprematism and constructivism and whatever like the american libtards were on about which i mm-hmm. i stand by yeah i was that always sounds... doing battle with libtards though i didn't know it at the were time you did you go to grad school for art history because you were already a disciple of polia um, no, I went, I don't know why I went, I think cause I'm, I'm too dumb like for economics, which is do. pretty glaring, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. indictment <laughs> myself. Um, I didn't want to do math. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I know art history definitely is, is a, a very reasonable thing to go to school for. And at least it's interesting. At least yeah. you like. I wanted to do, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I was interested in like psychology, sociology, and that was like the way to grasp at it without going into complet, which I think is a, which is exactly a, a where those fake kinds and bogus of, field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of like the humanities have been complitified. That's true. Yeah. They've become Made like interdisciplinary cult- cultural theory and like post-structuralism have become yeah. the, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those like Frankfurt school people, but mm-hmm. I think that it has, it's gone a little too far. Enough is enough. <laughs> I agree. It's time to build those walls. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like take all the open floor plan apartments, build some nice bourgeois, discreet enclosed rooms, take all the interdisciplinary academic departments, put up some walls and start churning out real specialists. And then they can convene, you know, hmm. several years later. But all this interdisciplinary stuff is just like, you know, like bloats and confuses yeah. the terms by which we live. Exactly. <laughs> Art history is also an honorable um, area of study for women. Yes. Aesthetic. Yeah. You're like an intellectual prostitute with um, <laughs> who's waiting to get married. People love to, yeah, to have an art history major around and eventually put a ring on one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's your expertise in? Yeah. Is there anything else? Um, I don't know. We've uh, done like an hour 20. Oh, yeah, that's that's not. Oh, it's it's our 199th episode. Mazel tov. Yeah, I think we've done a good job. So we have something very special planned for a very special. It's uh, not going to be the same episode. It's not a guest. So don't, don't get, get your, your hopes panties in a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone on the Reddit was like, um, they should do regarding what we should do for our 200th episode they said they should do the same low effort shit they've done for the last 199 (laughs) but this one's free Mm -hmm. great so if you don't subscribe to our patreon i need more money (laughs) (laughs) um i need more money so subscribe to patreon because i have some purchases i'd I'd like to make that what kind of purchases are you making i want to get these isabel morant heels that are very like frivolous and you know i'll probably wear them like once twice i don't even know where i would you know yeah i live in a fifth floor walk up so i'm never like wearing heels out the door casually (laughs) like gossip girl running around in heels exactly i'm no carrie bradshaw yet which is why you need to subscribe to (laughs) (laughs) patreon.com forward slash red scare um 
we'll see you in hell yeah we'll keep you we'll see you in hell we'll keep you abreast of our reckless purchases <laughs> in hell. bye